Who's on first? What's on second? I don't know who's on third. Let him enter, my dear Watson. What's in the box? Just what do you think you're doing there? Frankly, my dear, I don't know. Why men models? Why so serious? I am serious. Now, don't fall me sure. Well, nobody's perfect. Go ahead. Make my day. Welcome to episode 38 of Roll the Credits Podcast with Aaron and Brian. On this week's episode, we will be bringing you a few little tidbits of news, a lot of stuff from the comic book world, as it feels like we always talk about, uh, as well as three new trailers that dropped this week, maybe four. Um, we'll have reviews for Aladdin, um, Godzilla King of the Monsters, as well as Rocket Man. Uh, big week for reviews for us. And at the end of the episode, we were kind of toying around with a few different things for our weekly uh, top five or something. Going a little bit away from that, we're going to do t- uh, five biopics we'd like to see. Um, not necessarily having to be cast, but um, I know I casted mine. Um, and then, yeah, so Brian, how's your week been going? Uh, it's been it's been a week. It's been up and down. I mean... It started off, it was only a four-day week for most of us. I know you worked on Memorial Day, but before that, uh, didn't work then. Um, but That's then, true, but I did recoup my three-day weekend this You're right. You're off Friday weekend, then. So. Um, but then I was in a brief car accident where, you know, everyone's fine, but my car, not so much. Um, so I'm still waiting to hear about that. That accident was on Tuesday, and I'm still waiting to hear whether it'll get repaired or if the insurance is going to total it. Almost a week later. It's, uh, it's, it's fun. <laughs> well, as long as you're okay, that's all that really matters. Yeah. Um, and yeah. we are recording this on Monday. We did do a full recording on Sunday. <laughs> we did. Um, unfortunately, that got pretty much um, destroyed through the ringer at some point uh, I... on the um, recording site that we use for this every uh, every week. Um. So that's unfortunate. Uh, you had your car accident last week. Today, my car battery pretty much shot on me. Um, so got so, that fixed after work. We have uh, a good week going right now. Yeah, a lot of really good car news. Um, but yeah, anyway, a uh, big week we had. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll jump right into it then, I guess. Uh, news of the week. Um, oh, before I even get into the news of the week. Uh, new intro this week. Oh forgot, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I I forgot we, because it doesn't feel as new because we did this recording yesterday. You're right. That you guys aren't hearing. Um, <laughs> but you know, reach out. Let let me know how you feel about that. It took a few hours to uh, craft that little intro with a lot of famous um, movie lines, underscored by Dvorak's Number Nine Symphony. Um, also, Which apparently, really um, famous. But. Yes, uh, it's also Walter from WWE NXT UK, the uh, champion there. Uh, it's his theme music, and it is epic. So we, I kind of underlined it with that. I thought that was a pro, pretty cool intro. Uh, if you don't like it, stick it. I don't care. Um, so it is yeah, what no, it is. It, it's pretty uh, good, and you know we had to change from the Avengers theme. You know, gotta keep it up. Yeah, I mean the the you know the Infinity Saga is over with. Uh, the Avengers, you know, pretty much you know done for now so you know kind of move into uh a new phase for ourselves as well um 
couldn't continue doing the Avengers theme. Did toy around with Not the thought me. after I'd created this intro that maybe I would put the Avengers theme underlying underlining mm. the quotes. Uh, but I did not, um, I was feeling very lazy and did not feel like going back and trying to do all that again. Because <laughs> I'm not, I'm pretty technical, uh, technologically, um, crafty, but not necessarily when it comes to like music or like music and sound and stuff like that. So just editing in that aspect is not really my thing. Yeah. Anyway, now we'll get into the news. Um, Robert Pattinson. Uh, I know his name is Robert Pattinson, but now he is Robert Pattinson because he is officially the Batman. There we go. For Matt Reeves uh, and DC Comics moving forward. Um, something that has been obviously in the news for the last two weeks. I know we have talked about it for the last two weeks. Um, short list be damned. It is Robert Pattinson all the way, and I am excited oh, yeah. for it. He's got a great jawline for the Batman character. Perfect jawline. Um, and he will transition. He will go from Twilight Saga as a vampire to the Batman as a wannabe bat. So it really makes a whole lot of sense for his career. A little uh, bit of a long transition from a vampire to a bat, but you know, he yes. got there. Uh, he sprinkled in a lot. It took a lot of indie movies to get to that uh, time, but uh, good for him. Uh, I think it's a good hire, and I'm excited for this going forward, as I feel like we have I've said on the last two episodes. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. Sorry, you know. Uh, yes, very excited for this that they finally uh, solidified it. You know, they apparently it was still Nicholas Holt was in the running as well, but they did test screenings, and as most figured, Rob Pattinson came out on top, and most agree that he's the better choice, and I think he's a great choice for it. And so I'm very excited for this, and what will probably end up being a new Batman trilogy with him and Matt Reeves. So let's go. All right, uh, moving on from that, The Amazing Spider-Man director, uh, that is the ones with Andrew Garfield. Um, their director, Mark Webb, is in talks for Snow White, future live-action film from Disney. Um, another giant, you know, tentpole for Disney that they want to make into a live-action. There's been several, like, Snow White films in the past. Um uh, such as Mirror Mirror, the Snow White and the Huntsman, uh, a few other ones. This will be, you know, a true to the original live action that appears. Um, as we'll get into with Aladdin later on and how we discuss Dumbo, I understand wanting to bring the live action element to it, but it just, I don't know. I, it, it's a money grab and I get that and, wanting to sort of update these classics to a more new age. Um, obviously the original snow white, uh, which is something I will get around to as I try and go through the AFI top 100 oh, yeah. is from 1937. Um, so I kind of, I do understand something being that old and wanting to, you know, bring it more to life. Um, but yeah, yeah. um, I, something i don't know uh, yeah i mean it's just uh they'll be making more money it's kind of funny with the live action disney movies that they made based off their animated classics like so far the jungle book was a very good movie and lion king hopefully and looks to be a great movie and those are like the ones that aren't humans all those are animals but the two two or three so far that have been created like the humans dumbo and as talk about latin haven't been as great so it's like 
maybe they should i don't know they gotta catch their footing eventually but um i wouldn't have gone with snow white right now all right uh and back to batman um dc has hired batman comic book writer tom king uh to help pen the screenplay for the new gods uh, which is also going to be co-written and also directed by Ava DuVernay, um, which I don't know a ton about the new gods. I know this was a project that first really got announced last year uh, with DuVernay at the helm for it. Um, something I'll be interested in. I do think she is a pretty good director. Did not see um, a wrinkle in time last year, but I know that one kind of faltered uh, in ratings. Um but outside of that, I think she's done a pretty good job with a lot of the other things she's done. Uh, it's also very interesting because we don't typically see comic book writers join in to pen the screenplays. Sometimes they'll input a little bit here and there with um, ideas and stuff like that to try and help move things along. But this is a pretty big step going forward, and I, I like this move from DC to reach into the actual comic book world and and grab somebody who's very uh well respected within that realm um to actually helm and and write the screenplay um from scratch essentially yeah i like this you know when like a year ago or whatever when ava duvernay was uh signed on to be the writer and director for this it was a good grab because she's a very big director right now and has done a lot of uh, even though Wrinkled Time didn't do as great, um, some of the some of her other works have been highly well regarded. Um, and yeah, grabbing this guy from the comic book world to give his input is great. I mean, I'm all for it. So I'm definitely interested to see uh, how this New Gods comes along with DC. All right, and also lastly, I have here uh, Matthias Schoenart and Marwin Kanzari, who plays Jafar in Aladdin, the new Aladdin film have officially joined Charlize Theron in a comic book adaptation of The Old Guard, which we have discussed here previously. Um, it's... Uh, I, I don't know a ton about this, uh, the, the comic or anything. I know with Theron on board, it's probably going to garner quite a bit of attention. Um, Kenzari was decent in Aladdin, Um he was also, I believe, in uh, what's that uh, train movie? Uh, oh, Murder on the Orient Express. That's it. Um, I don't really remember Schoenarch from anything. Uh, I'm sure if I looked up his IMDb, IMDb page, I'd probably maybe recognize one or two roles. Um, but it'll be interesting. I have zero idea what the old guard is, so I can't really speak on that. But um, it'll definitely probably be a hit in theaters with Theron at the helm. Interesting. I just looked it up because I, I was curious. Um, Charlie Theron's character uh, is Andy or whatever, and it's Andy leads a small group of soldiers working as mercenaries working through the ages throughout the 21st century. They're immortal mercenaries is what it looks like. So sounds interesting. You know, uh, Charlie Theron's a pretty good get for it. We'll, I guess we'll wait to see more about this. Yeah, um, yeah, I guess we'll have a little bit more news uh, as we go further with that. Uh, one other thing I want to touch on that I saw today, I didn't read too much into it, but there is a rumor out there that Marvel is looking for Keanu Reeves for oh. the Eternals film. Um, I saw that. Which, 
Sign me up, man. Sign, oh, yeah. sign me up for some Keanu Reeves in the MCU. Please. Uh, absolutely. Especially in as, as an Eter- Eternals character like that. Oh, absolutely. Sign me up. I know there's um, been uh, multiple roles that he's, uh, that MCU as Marvel has wanted him for in the past. Like he was almost um, Jude Law's character in Captain Marvel. Uh, but then, uh, I don't know if it was John Wick got in the way or something, but so that didn't happen. But there's been multiple roles in the past that haven't, so if they're finally able to get him, I'm all for it. I love it. We're in the Ke- Keanu Renaissance right now, and it's great. Outside of replicas, uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, it, I mean Keanu is one of those guys that like it. Just it always, it always kind of depends on what he has in the script and stuff like that. He's got a lot of movies that are not really that good. Uh, but also a lot of great stuff like John Wick, obviously, um, uh, Matrix movies, Speed. Uh, so I mean, it it really depends on on what his basis is. An action film, film like an MCU movie, I think he'd be really good in, and I would be totally excited to see that. So, yeah, I'm all for it. All right, well, that's all I got for news for the week. Uh, Brian, do you have anything uh, written down in your news? Uh, yeah, just a little thing I saw. Um, so Marvel's trying to figure out how to uh, incorporate Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool into the MCU. Uh, they kind of tossed around a few ideas. One, uh, just, you know, third solo film, uh, which would work. Um, or having a miniseries on the Disney Plus uh, next year at some point, or not next year, but in the future to incorporate him in. Or uh, what is the most popular one amongst at least, you know, uh, social media and fans on there um, is bringing him into Spider-Man 3. Because uh, Spider-Man and Deadpool kind of have this hilarious love-hate relationship in the comics, and seeing that brought uh, to screen would be hilarious and great. Um, so I'm interested to see how they'll do that. Um, but also with Spider-Man 3, uh, Sony wants to include Venom into that movie. Because um, even though that movie... Got a lot of mixed reviews and made a lot of money at the box office, and they'll be doing more with Tom Hardy for it. And so why not, you know, put him with their flagship character with with Spider-Man. So I don't expect both Deadpool and Venom to be in Spider-Man 3, but it will be interesting to see if we get one of them into it. So um, into the TV world a little bit, we got some uh, releases of when the final season, not final, Jessica Jones, the final season, season three. Uh, comes out in about two weeks, January 14th. Um, very excited for that. You know, it's the last of the Marvel Netflix shows. Um, sad to see them end, but we know we're getting Disney Plus, which will have a, a lot of great Marvel originals on it. And I know both this one, then you are probably a lot more excited than I am. Uh, Glow season three was announced uh, August 9th. Um, you know, the third season of the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. So, yeah. There we go. Any thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm very excited for uh, Glow Season 3, uh, one of my favorite shows out there, um, especially in the comedy world. It's really good. Um, big Allison Brie fan, so uh, super excited for that coming forward for sure. Um, but, I mean, that's all I have. Um, and we will die. Well, also one other thing uh, that got announced today. <laughs> um the Russo brothers are now teaming up with Netflix to create uh, an anime um, based on Magic the Gathering, which I was a 
big fan of back in the day when I was younger. Played a lot. Um, I was an avid card collector, and that was one of the games that I uh, yeah. played a lot of um, you, and collected a lot of cards for. So. Can you explain to me what that is? Because I saw on Twitter today, but I don't really know what it is. Um, it's it's really hard to explain. Uh, I'll explain to you later. Um, but yeah, I mean, look into it a little bit. Um, I know some folks out there, my brother was really big into it. He's the one that got me into it. Um, still play the games here or there. I don't like it as much as like, say like Yu-Gi-Oh, but, um, well, yeah. Uh, if it's Russo brothers and if Netflix sounds good for me. Yeah. I mean, it's Netflix, so it'll be already at my disposal. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's the Russo brothers, like <laughs> so far with them, <laughs> four, you can't four go great wrong. MCU films. Um, they will be uh, producing it. So definitely excited for that going forward. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's all I have. Uh, we'll dive right into the trailers here. Uh, first one we have is for a film called the kitchen starring Elizabeth Moss, Tiffany Haddish and Melissa McCarthy. Uh, it is not a comedy, uh, <laughs> uh, which I thought you I would think with that waited, cast. Uh, yeah, I mean, the entire way through this trailer, I kept waiting for jokes to be made and they never showed up. It is a straight drama film, which I believe is Tiffany Haddish's first. She might have another one in there that I don't know of, but she's mainly a comedy actress, uh, as well as uh, Melissa McCarthy, who is best known for her comedy work, but obviously got nominated for um a oscar last year for best actress for um can you ever forgive me elizabeth moss really um well known obviously from the handmaid's tale which i know has been a big emmy uh award-winning series from hulu uh as well as being peggy in um mad men fantastic show so i mean this looks interesting it's from dc vertigo um which I don't know what that is, but I'm very excited for this. Um, yeah, uh, it looks good. I'm excited for it. Um, Brian, what's your thoughts on this? Because I know you're a huge Tiffany Hash fan. Um, well, you know, maybe this is, maybe she, I just don't think she's funny in comedy. Maybe she can actually act when it comes to drama roles. I don't know. But yeah, this, def this trailer definitely uh, in intrigued me, seeing these three women it's kind of it takes place in like the 70s it's like a mob scene movie um i know with uh can you forgive me last year melissa mccarthy did a great job in the drama role and i'm currently watching through uh the handmaid's tale right now uh with elizabeth moss so i like it and with it being dc vertigo um that is is I did look it up real quick because I heard it before. DC Vertigo uh, was an imprint uh, that DC Comics created that was to publish stories with more graphic and or adult content that could not fit within the restrictions of the comic book code authority. So, and it sounds like this will be a little bit more of a, a gritty, more adult, you know, not, not at all DC superhero kind of movie. So I'm interested in it and I'm excited to see more for it. All right, and the second one we have here is for Rambo Last Blood, obviously starring Sylvester Stallone, uh, reprising <laughs> his role as Rambo uh, for, like, the fifth movie now. Something like that. Um, I've never seen any of the other Rambos. I might see this. The trailer has a very gritty version of Old Town Road in it. For, oh, man. Which it killed me. caught me off guard. It caught me very off guard. Um, but... 
uh, I don't really have a whole lot to say about this. Not a huge Stallone fan, never have been. Obviously, everybody well knows my take on the Rocky franchise. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> the trailer having Old Town Road in it just killed me. Uh, this is another trailer I'd say you just go check out because it's very ridiculous. It it first time I saw it, it showed uh, on Friday night when we went and saw Godzilla and. It totally threw me off having Old Town Road rolled in it, and it's like, it's not even like the whole part. It's just really Billy Ray Cyrus's part, you know, the the country part of the song. But they make it real like western and gritty, like you said, make it darker, and they repeat his verse like five or six times over throughout the trailer. Um, but I as well have never seen any of the Rambo movies. Maybe I'll try and watch the first one before seeing this, but um. I don't know. I am intrigued. I believe it comes out this fall at some point, October or November or something. So, Alrighty. Um, let's see. Uh, third one we have Onward, starring Tom Holland, Chris Pratt, Julie Louise Dreyfus, and Octavia Spencer. This is the new um, Pixar film coming out. I know there's been a lot of talk about it. Uh, the, it has been announced for a while now. Um but now we finally have an idea of what it is. It appears to be some sort of like alien fantasy land type thing um, with unicorns and aliens and all weird stuff. Um, it's a, it looks like your typical Pixar film. It's probably probably going to be pretty good. Uh, Tom Holland and Chris Platt, Chris Pratt, I should say, uh, play brothers. Uh, in the film, Tom Holland, again, makes me completely forget that he's British. Um, Every time. Chris Pratt has a very deep voice in this role for some reason. Um, it looks interesting. It's a Pixar movie. It's probably going to be pretty good. I'll probably end up seeing it. It's really only a teaser trailer. You don't see a whole lot. Um, because the movie doesn't yeah. come out until March of 2020. And they decide to drop this trailer now. So, I don't know. Um, I'm excited for it, though. You know, another Pixar movie. I've seen a majority of them, and they're almost all great movies you know a few falters here or there but it looks interesting it's some like it's like a fantasy world with it seems like i don't know elves and dwarves and unicorns like you said and they go on some type of quest journey whatever um but you know obviously huge fans of chris pratt and tom holland um so yeah i'm i'm definitely excited for this can't wait till march 2020 Alrighty, and the fourth and final one we have for you guys is Ford v. Ferrari, um, the story of Ford challenging Ferrari and the rivalry uh, for the 24 Hours of Le Mans back in the 60s, I want to say. I believe so, yeah. Um, starring what appears to be Matt Damon as Carol Shelby, the famous um, Ford guy, uh, as well as Christian Bale as race car driver Ken Miles um it looks pretty good it's brought to you by director james mangold who most previously did logan uh which is a fantastic film so the trailer for this looks pretty good i'm very intrigued by it uh it's christian bale so i'll definitely see it um it's matt damon so i would probably see it if uh, maybe um not the biggest matt i damon always fan. forget that i don't know why but i always it's, forget that you're not the biggest matt damon fan it's nice that we finally have a movie where my hard-earned taxpayer dollars don't have to go towards Matt Damon, saving Matt Damon. 
um, <laughs> in some faraway universe. Um, so that's nice. That's a real refresher here. Um, but it looks good. It's a racing movie. Um, so I'll definitely be seeing it. Um, but check out the trailer. It dropped, I believe, during just, the yeah. uh, NBA Finals last night. Yeah. Um, yeah, Sunday night just dropped. So I'm very excited for it. And Christian Bale and Matt Damon. Also, uh, John Berthenol is in it and Katrina Balfoy. Um, it's... Um, it's a racing movie with great actors that I'm very excited for and obviously James Mangold love doing Logan um, and this looks like it'll be a big contender come award season uh, this movie comes out in November so I'm excited for it alright well that's all the trailers I have um, for this week's episode we'll dive right into the reviews of the week uh, we'll start with Aladdin directed by Guy Ritchie starring Will Smith uh, Mena Masood uh, Naomi Scott and Marwin Kanzari, a kind-hearted street urchin and a power-hungry Grand Vizier vie for a magic lamp that has the power to make their deepest wishes come true. Um, I scored this out of 55. Um, it is a step or two above Dumbo, in my opinion. Um, I think Naomi Scott and Will Smith are the real highlights, which uh, part of that shocks me because I didn't think Will Smith was going to be good as the genie. Uh, I know that's where a lot of People poked fun at this in the lead up. Um, but uh, Naomi Scott was really good in this role um, as Princess Jasmine. Her um, singing, her singing of Speechless was really good. That's probably the best scene in the whole movie, in my opinion. Uh, it's very powerful, uh, really captures a lot of the attention at that moment um, in the film. Uh, I think Kenzari wasn't awful but i just don't think he's menacing enough for the role of jafar uh which is you know a character that i think should be um more like i said more menacing uh he should be more he should look more like a villain act more like a villain i think as opposed to just a dude who just you know wants power um i think that disney and original aladdin fans will probably enjoy this more than me i i know you did um so i mean that is what it is i it was definitely better than dumbo it's probably better than i actually expected it was going to be going in uh as well if i'm being honest with you because i really didn't have a whole lot of uh hope for this i really kind of thought that i was going to end up putting this at like a 40 or 45 maybe uh i had some enjoyable moments honestly it's also i could chalk it maybe up to theater experience maybe if i saw it again i might score it up to a 60 maybe a 65 but the fact that there was no air conditioning in the theater we were in. Uh, and it was like a 4d experience. Like, Hey, now you're in the middle East. Have fun. This is like um, the third week in a row. We've been put in that theater that the AC is broken. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it, it just made things rough. So, uh, that's kind of where I stand with Aladdin. How about you, Brian? Yeah. Um, I enjoy the movie. I mean, so I had set the bar low after like the first trailer dropped and like the CGI didn't look good. It looked super cheesy, not great acting or anything. But it seemed as though they kind of showed some of the worst stuff in the trailers, which is odd. But I enjoyed the movie. I ended up giving this 65 then. Um, it still definitely had um, its falters, but Will Smith was surprisingly uh, enjoying, uh, enjoyable, um, making Genie his own because, you know, you don't want to copy Robin Williams at all. Um, but he still had some of that with also making his own. Um like you said, Naomi Scott was fantastic. She, I think, 
think she was the best part about Aladdin, uh, both her acting as Jasmine, but also she had an amazing voice and her song Speechless was uh, the best song of the film. Uh, Marwin uh, Kanzari playing Jafar. I think he was miscast. He just wasn't evil enough. He just he just came across as kind of like a greedy guy who wanted the throne, but didn't he didn't feel evil at all. And he was he was too good looking. Like for the <laughs> evil Jafar, guy, like man. who Jafar? Hot Jafar. <laughs> like for who Jafar is, like in the original classic, like you know he has the big pointy chin and you know long face. He's not an attractive guy, and then the guy who plays him. He looks like he's like, you know, like 30 years old. He's in great shape. It's like it didn't really fit the role. Um, I don't think he did a bad job acting at all. I He just like I said he didn't fit. Um, most of the songs were good. I I, I mentioned um, there was a few parts where I guess we can attribute to like Guy Ritchie's style that like it was like it was like sped up like where they're like running through the streets or whatever, like the part where she steals bread and they're trying to escape the guards. And it's like, it's like they're running and it's like, and they go like right by. And the, I don't know. It was weird. I guess you had said to me like, that's, that's guy Richie. That's what he does in his movies. Wasn't the biggest fan of that. Um, but I mean, the movie, it, it wasn't bad. It was better than I thought it would be. It still wasn't great. Um, but it was better than Dumbo for sure. Uh, which was earlier this year. So, yeah, um, I like Aladdin gave it there at a 65, and it sits on our combo score at a 60.4. So not great, but, you know, not awful. All right, so that is Aladdin. Uh, moving on, now we have Godzilla, King of the Monsters, directed by Michael Doherty, uh, starring Kyle Chandler, Vera Farmiga, Millie Bobby Brown, and Ken Watanabe. Um, the cryptozoological agency Monarch faces off against a battery of god-sized monsters, including the mighty Godzilla, who collides with Mothra, Rodan, and his ultimate nemesis, the three-headed King Ghidorah. Uh, what's so funny? I just like the like the little pizzazz that you gave that oh. King Ghidorah. Say it with your chest, man. Say it with your chest. <laughs> Uh, I gave this a 75, uh, <laughs> and if I'll start off by saying if the script was better, this thing would have definitely cracked in the 80s for me. Uh, the kaiju battles are breathtaking uh, visually. They look awesome. Um, I wish we had more of like a 50-50 split on it. It kind of feels more 60-40 um, with the human stories and stuff, maybe even up to a 70-30. Um which is unfortunate. It's still more than we got with the first Godzilla film in the franchise. Um, but I, the biggest flaw for this film, and it's glaring because it, it just continues. It's not like a one-off. Uh, but just there's so many horrid, like, comedic elements to this film that just they're not needed. Uh, Bradley Whitford's character just needs to be taken out back and thrown six feet under. I, it's awful. It is not needed whatsoever uh i mean you have 17 titans destroying the planet <laughs> you have to rebuild basically everything and everything's a joke to these people and it i like it just doesn't make sense like they don't uh it just doesn't work in the same respects that it does with like marvel movies um 
it just I, I don't know it, it's just not good uh it's not needed and it really weighs it down a bit because when you're sitting here watching the film those lines stand out and and i think that's the biggest issue i have with it uh outside of that it is a godzilla movie people are going to see it just mainly for the the kaiju battles the the big monsters clashing but at the end of the day i mean it, it's hard to overlook the, the really awful lines to this film um i think outside of that the script was fine for the dramatic elements i didn't dislike the storyline as much as some other folks did it wasn't great but it's it's fine it's serviceable i'm not gonna complain about it um so yeah godzilla comes in at 75 for me um brian i'll pass it over to you what do you think yeah um i mean like you said those the monster the the titan fights were just awesome and so beautiful visually and just they're like they're kind of they have powers like each of them you know like godzilla has like the atomic roar or whatever like and freaking Ghidorah, like the three heads like breathe lightning or whatever it's insanity and it like comes to life greatly on the screen originally i had given this like a, a 70 because i was thinking about it but then i was comparing it to the first one the first godzilla from 2014 um and I, I did like this a little more. And like you said, we got definitely a lot more of the Titans um, and definitely them fighting each other. So I gave this then a 75. Um, but this, like you said, the comedic elements just felt very shoved in and didn't fit at all. And it was just like this, the planet's getting destroyed. And it, it's like, oh, Zilla, whenever you see him pop up on screen. And it's just we saw that in the trailer and we really hoped that wasn't in the movie. His Bradley Whitford's line there, but it was, um, I loved the final battle, uh, comes to Boston and takes place at Fenway park and Fenway park gets destroyed. Um, you know, as a big baseball fan, a big Red Sox fan, that was interesting to see, uh, to say the least, but, um, I wish they would have destroyed Yankee stadium. That'd been nice. Oh, that would have been great. I mean, they just need to do that more often, but the Yankees probably, you know, are snobs and wouldn't let them film near there or whatever. That's why, you know, you always see the Mets stadium in movies because the Mets need money. I don't um, think the Mets need money. I think the Mets are just decent human beings who, <laughs> who like to put their nice stadium out there in the open. I'm like that shithole up in New York. Um, <laughs> yeah. Also, um, number one, as you pointed out to me and I did not see, just saying Fenway Park, it said Baltimore in first place. That's the most unrealistic aspect of this entire film. And <laughs> as you pointed out, this was likely filmed around the off season where it gets reset to alphabetical order, which is the only five, six months of the year that the Orioles are in first place. Outside of a few years ago. But yes, uh, I digress. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, I'll round this up. But our, So our combo score then came uh, to a 68.2. Uh, it's kind of dragged down by the critic reviews. It, the Rotten Tomato score has fallen down to a 39%. Um, but yeah, it's definitely go see this on a big screen if you're going to go see it because just the fights alone are amazing. It's so great to see. You, you got to see it on the big screen. 
All right, and lastly, here we have Rocket Man, directed by Dexter Fletcher, starring Taron Egerton, um, a musical a musical fantasy about the fantastical human story of Elton John's breakthrough years. Um, obviously, um, the first um, several years of his his big breakthrough career and stuff. Um, I ended up giving this an eighty five. The biggest difference, because I know a lot of people are going back and forth between Bohemian Rhapsody and this. And the similarities, the biggest glaring difference between the two, Rocket Man knows what it wants to be through and through. Um, and a lot of biopics don't do that. They they kind of will teeter, um, go different ways. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody never knew if it wanted to be a Queen biopic or if it wanted to be a Freddie Mercury one, and it half-assed two stories um, together. Uh, and that was a huge thing I disliked about that one. Um, this is great. I mean, it's, it's magical. It is a magical movie, uh, through and through Taron Edgerton actually sings in this film, which is great. He's a good singer, uh, performing these, uh, Elton John numbers. Um, and I think a lot of those, uh, musical numbers and stuff throughout the film, uh, a lot of it is kind of just like, just jumps into song. Uh, and it feels really, it's really good really well choreographed uh and the movie itself is very entertaining through and through um so yeah i ended up giving it rocket man in 85 uh if you enjoy ellen john's music or even just like biopics or anything like that i highly recommend it it's going to be one of the better ones this year uh i fully expect Erdogan to probably receive a nomination the only thing i'd say going against them is probably um maybe just the fact that this is coming out in late may early june uh but outside of that we'll end up seeing uh what uh happens with this because it's a great movie and it's getting very high uh critical acclaim so yeah uh, i agree with you this was a very good movie i gave this an 80 then it brings our combo score to an 81.9 um which is the sixth highest on the year for us so far it's i mean turn Edgerton just does an amazing job I mean, if if he doesn't get nominated for an Oscar, it would it would be shocking because I mean he brings to life Elton John so well, and he like you said he's actually singing and he can sing, um, and he brought a lot more emotion to the role and is better than you know Bohemian Rhapsody in the way like Rami Malek won an Oscar for portraying uh, Freddie Mercury and Bohemian Rhapsody almost won Best Picture. And I think this was a better overall movie than that. So uh, I'm interested to see come if this will be affected at all coming out in May. But, you know, songs are great. There's a the movie definitely knows what it wants to be um, a good supporting cast. And Dexter Flexer does a good job um, directing the movie, knowing uh, he has the vision for it and what it wants to be. So very good movie. Edgerton does a great job. Um, you should go out and see it. It's probably one of the best um, music biopics I've seen in a while. So there we go. All right. And that is our three reviews for the week. Um, next up, we're going to send to a quick advertisement and then we'll be back with the five biopics we would like to see made. All right. Time for the five biopics we'd like to see. Um, no real particular order on this. Um, no real rankings. Uh, just five you know we'd like to see that haven't necessarily been done or done to a large degree uh brian i'll pass it on over to you to get us started on this 
All right. Um, I have two sports ones thrown in here because I always love seeing uh, sports biopics. Um, and so the first one I have here is a Michael Jordan one because, I mean, the story of Michael Jordan you know, got cut from his high school basketball team and then went on to become the GOAT of basketball. I mean, he's was an amazing player and just his rise through it was amazing. Um, I kind of cast I've seen before uh, possibly John Boyega playing him. Um, you know, I'm famous from Finn and the Star Wars movies, but I think it would work well, and I would love to see a Michael Jordan movie. So I only want to see a Michael Jordan biopic if it's if he's portrayed by Michael B. Jordan. Like it just it has to be done. Like it just has. To that be. would be great too. Um, number one, the the number one top one I have for me is uh, feels like a very obvious one. Um, Vince McMahon, uh, obviously the owner uh, of WWE for the past, you know. 30 40 years um not a ton has been ever really done about a lot of the in-depth stuff uh, about him and his rise to power uh you know buying the company from his father um and you know bringing pro wrestling to such a big national stage like he did um and i'm sure we'll get glimpse glimpses of it with the hulk hogan biopic that's coming to netflix i believe next year uh, at some point um, but I did cast Bradley Cooper in this role. Um, I think he looks the part very much so of a younger Vince McMahon and even up through the Attitude Era. Um, and I, I think that would be a great a great uh, biopic, one I'd definitely like to see done. I think we'll end up seeing it one day, uh, but we'll end up seeing. Um, so, yeah, Vince McMahon is number one for me. All right. Um now, none of these that I've been doing are really, uh, other than my top one, the rest of these aren't really much in order at all. Um, another one I would like to see would be a Harriet Tubman uh, biopic movie. Um, just because, I mean, I've always been fascinated by the story of the Underground Railroad and, um, you know, these kind of events leading up to the Civil War. Um, I think Viola Davis would do a great job in this role as Harriet Tubman. Um, and it's, it'd be a movie that I with the story i think could get a it would get a lot of um critical acclaim and probably do well in award season so i'd like to see a harriet tell me about it all right number two for me uh i have metallica uh one of my favorite bands of all time they've been making music for over 30 years now um i think they have an incredible story to be told um i only really casted the lead uh lead singer james hetfield uh cast as Chris Hemsworth. Um, I think he would be a very, very good uh, <laughs> uh, person for that role. Uh, also, I'm a big Hemsworth fan, so like that would just be double awesome. Um, I guess if they really wanted to, they could even put Hatfield in as himself for the later years, as he has a few acting credits, uh, most notably in Extremely Wicked, Trackingly Evil, and Vile. Um, so yeah, I mean that's one I would love to see. Uh, we've seen like documentaries and stuff of them on the road, but outside of that, not a true biopic. Uh, and I think it would be a really good one, especially in this day and age where we're getting more rock-based um, musical films. So Metallica number two for me. All right, uh, next one on my list. Uh, back to sports. Uh, Ted Williams, I would love to see. I mean, obviously, I'm a huge Red, huge Red Sox fan, and he's arguably the greatest Red Sox player of all time, but he's also one of the greatest baseball players of all time. I mean, he was the last player to bat 400, which had, so it had, that hasn't been done in 70 plus years. 
but an amazing story about it is like he took a break during playing to go serve tours uh fighting for our country both the korean war and the vietnam war like and then he went back to playing baseball it's such an amazing story and i'm such a huge fan of ted williams that i would love to see a biopic of that so i'm a push for that waiting for one of that someday all right and number three i have on my list is stan lee obviously a huge pop culture figure um here during the rise of marvel uh in their cinematic universe and obviously all of his cameos uh, i think there's a really good story to be told there you know from the uh creation of marvel to um serving in the, in the war um also like the breakup with jack kirby uh i think there's a ton even going up into um these later years and stuff throughout i have joseph gordon levitt as a younger stanley uh and brian cranston in the older years um also cameos from a lot of various uh mcu film stars uh most notably folks like robert downey jr um chris evans you know the main ones um in the film in various roles i think that would be really cool and a really good ode to stan lee um as a nice send-off for him uh so yeah stan lee number three for me all right um another one that i'd be interested in seeing uh would be a benjamin franklin biopic uh you know it's one of the founding fathers of our country and he i don't know had invented so many wild things and many and it was attributed to many things that we don't even think of today that we use on a daily basis um but it's just he's been he's an interesting guy and was kind of out there different than everyone else but and kind of you know when it came to the founding fathers um i've i've heard and read before that he was um kind of on the found outside or like not posh and whatnot um which so i think that'd be interesting i don't know uh who i'd have to play him um but i'd be interested in seeing a ben franklin biopic movie so all right number four on my list i have orson wells uh a iconic figure in the world of cinema um for various creations that he has made obviously the the big one is citizen kane which is widely regarded as uh the best film ever created uh and by by many folks um i think there's a great story to be told there for him as well Uh, a lot of struggles throughout his life um uh essentially you know not necessarily being blacklisted, but a lot of fights with Hollywood that ended up uh, having him create movies out in Europe and, and various other places. Um, I have Leo DiCaprio, obviously, um, obviously. Uh, in a starring role as a younger Orson Welles um, in the prime of his career, uh, and Vincent D'Onofrio playing him in the later stages of his career. Um, DiCaprio obviously plays many different figures in different biopics, um and looks the part of a young Orson Welles I think as well so I think that just fits um two very iconic um Hollywood faces there uh one playing the other is great um so yeah Orson Welles number four for me all right and the last one on the list obviously so would be uh Stanley as you had mentioned I mean especially with him uh you know passing this 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 uh past December um rest in peace Stan Lee it would be great to see 
uh, a, a movie made about him. I know Marvel fans and movie fans all over have kind of been uh, chirping for it and wanting one. And uh, it seems like in the next few years, the timing uh, would be right for it. Um, and you can go back all the way to him uh, creating Marvel. And then, like you said, with him and Jack Kirby and then serving the war. And it could lead all the way up to uh, the MCU um, and the creation of that. And I, I like what you said. It would be awesome to see just little cameos here and there from like the original kind of Marvel guys that everyone knows and loves. Um, so that's that one is my number one. I would love to see a Stanley biopic movie. All right. And number five, what you also had on your list, I have Ted Williams. Um, I wanted to get a really good sports one in here. Uh, and I mean, we've seen Babe Ruth, um, you know, we've seen a lot of these, a, a lot of these famous sports figures already, but we've really never got a true, really good, uh, Ted Williams biopic. I'd have John Hamm in the starring role. I think he'd be perfect for it. Um, as you mentioned, he, you know, his playing career was broken up twice. Um, but, and I'm very disappointed in you as a Red Sox fan. You got the wars wrong. It was World War II and the Korean War, not Korea and oh, Vietnam. Uh, he was definitely not playing when Vietnam was happening. Um, right. That was, I always, yeah, I always forget <laughs> when Vietnam War was. I always think it's earlier than it actually was. Yeah. Dang. Uh, that's a shame. Uh, true Red Sox. Even better. Fan, you know, folks. he was killing, killing um, Nazis and saving our country. Well, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, two tours, uh, also widely regarded as the best pure hitter in baseball history. One of the things I love reading about the most is like pre 1960s baseball, uh, dating back to even like the late 1800s. Um, and Ted Williams is iconic. Uh, another one I had just off here would be Ty Cobb. Uh, another one we really never, um, have gotten really a chance to see before. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, Number five for me, Ted Williams. I think that would be really good. And like I said, John Hamm in the starring role would be perfect in my opinion. Um, so yeah, those are the five. Uh, the one I had that just barely missed the cut. Um, because he's still playing, so he's obviously not going to biopic. But I've talked about this at length before, because it just makes too much sense. And that is a Tom Brady biopic starring Marky Mark, Mark Wahlberg. It just it, makes it makes sense. so much sense. It's perfect. Uh, I mean, I mean, it just makes sense. Um, so yeah, and like you could de-age Marky Mark. You know, we have oh, the technology. Easily. We do. Um, so that is our episode for the week, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, if you follow our social media pages, Facebook, we are Roll the Credits Podcast. Uh, on Twitter at Roll underscore Credits Pod. On Instagram at roll uh, roll credits pod, uh, we have I did put out our schedule for the next four episodes. Um, there will be more than just those four. I caution; those are just the major ones. Uh, we'll be up here next week with uh, Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix. Woo! I couldn't remember which one came out next week. <laughs> been waiting on this one for a very long time, folks. <laughs> it's been pushed back a few times. Just a few. We're finally getting it. Um, so excited for that. Um, and outside of that, everybody have a great week. Um, sitting here recording this while watching a draft. Congratulations to Adley Rutschman, the newest member of the Orioles. I will be purchasing his jersey, uh, as soon as they allow me to. So very excited for that. Um, all right. Anyway, uh, any parting words there, Brian? Nope. Uh, have a great week and go out to the movies. All right. You heard the man. See you, everybody.